Welcome to Let's Open the Bible, where our goal is to open the Bible and look at what it says. For the next few minutes, we will be looking at a passage from one book. We will continue weekly until we finish that book. I'm Tom Nordstrom, and with me is Bill, Casey, and Nate. Welcome to Let's Open the Bible. This is going to be Season 2, Episode 3. We're going to be in the book of Ephesians, uh, Chapter 2, Verses 11 through 22. And so we hope you join us this week. Uh, We're going to have some roundtable discussion discussing this section of Scripture. And Bill is going to start by reading the passage, and then we will kind of pass some ideas around the table. Okay, here is Ephesians, Chapter 2, Verses 11 to 22. Therefore, remember that formerly you, the Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by the so-called circumcision, which is performed in the flesh by human hands, remember that you were at that time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who formerly were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who made both groups into one and broke down the barrier of the dividing wall by abolishing in his flesh the enmity, which is the law of commandments contained in ordinances, that in himself he might make the two into one new man, thus establishing peace, and might reconcile them both in one body to God through the cross, by it having put to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Okay, let's talk about this this, uh, scripture reading. Uh, The Gentiles. The, um, The word Gentile refers to anyone who's not an Israelite or not a Jew. So that includes Africans, Asians, uh, the natives who lived in the Americas, Europeans, anyone who's not Jewish was a Gentile. And uh, they were called the uncircumcision, and that's a reference to the, uh, the law uh, of circumcision that God gave to the Jewish people. And this was a big deal. Uh, God spoke to Abraham back before the Israelite nation uh, was established, and he established this covenant with Abraham, and it, it can be found. I'm sorry, it can be found in Genesis chapter 17, and uh, verses 9 to 14. It says, "God further said to Abraham, Now as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your descendants, after you throughout their generations." And he goes on, and this covenant was circumcision. He says, "Every male." needs to be circumcised. And he finishes it up in verse 14 
by saying, but an uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, that person shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. And so this was a big deal to the Israelite nation. You needed to be circumcised. If you weren't, you're not part of us. And, and those Gentiles out there, they're not circumcised. And they often referred to them as the uncircumcised, which meant they're not God's people. We are, they're not. And, and there was a huge division, and the, the Jewish people uh, would just not associate with people who were not circumcised. You see this in Genesis chapter 34. Uh, there were certain Canaanites, someone named Shechem, and, and others in his family who wanted to intermarry with the family of Jacob. By that time, Jacob had his 12 sons. He had a daughter named Dinah, and one of them wanted to marry her. And so they wanted this to be established, that we will intermarry with you. And they answered, there is a condition, we'll do it, but you all must be circumcised. That was important from the very start. And so here in Ephesians, we see this mentioned. He's talking about you Gentiles. Paul is writing this letter mainly to Gentile people. And he's saying, you guys were those Gentiles, the, the uncircumcised. And he points out that this is something that was performed in the flesh by human hands. It wasn't a spiritual thing. And uh, at that time, if you were uncircumcised, you were not part of God's people. But he says, now you have been brought near. The Gentiles are now, are, are now welcome to come to God. Um, something that I've seen and noticed here. So notice the, I guess, the sad condition you find yourself in. So some of the adjectives that are used here in verses 11 through 14. Um, so uncircumcised, obviously we've talked about that. Without Christ, aliens, strangers, having no hope, without God. Um, all those are very bleak descriptions, um, sad conditions, but it doesn't have to be that way. You know, you don't have to remain in that condition. And so outside of Christ, those are the adjectives to describe where we are. But notice... Uh, and Bill t talked on how you are brought near Christ. Um, how are you how, how is that done? It's by the blood of Christ. And so that is the mode or the way that we are brought near to Christ is by the blood. Um, sin separates us from God. How do we bridge that gap now? It's by the blood of Christ. And so that is how we are brought near. And so we go from that sad condition of being aliens, being without Christ, being having no hope, uh, to being brought near to Christ and bridging the gap between us. And we do that by the blood of Christ. I've got a question. What do you, uh, you know, if you're well-versed and are familiar with the Bible, you read about circumcision and, and we're used to that language and we kind of read, read through that and know what it means. Um, but some people who are, whenever I teach this, especially to like, you know, teens or something, or, or discuss this idea, and circumcision comes up. It's always a very—it's uh, kind of humorous, and and you don't. It's—it's yeah. uh, it's such a weird thing that God chose that action or that that procedure. It's such a random weird thing that God chose to be the uh, mark of His people in the Old Testament. So, I guess what I'll ask, and I we we don't know a, a sure answer of this that I'm aware of, but do you know of any reason? why or, or any any indication of why God would have chosen circumcision to be the 
defining uh, factor of, of whether you're a person of God or not. One thing that comes to my mind is it's, um, it's a very personal thing. Uh, you know, God could have um, used something like a, a haircut. Uh, you got to have a certain style of haircut. But um, it would not have been the same. Uh, first of all, your hair will grow, and you'll eventually have to get it cut again, and you have other issues. But this was something that when you do it, it's done, and it's, it's so much a part of you. You know, and uh, and and it's, it's just something you can't go and undo, and uh, it marks you very definitely as being uh, one of God's people. And I was going to say, I don't know if this is medically correct, but it seems like to me it's probably something that's irreversible. Like you can't go back. Like once you've done it, you've done it, and you're marked. So that's something that I think about. Is like it's. You know, with the haircut, your hair is going to grow back, and you're going to have to continue to do it. So it's contingent on that you continue to do it. But now you're you're marked. I mean, that's it. And so you have that uh, mark of the covenant between you and God, and you're constantly reminded of it because it's there. I think about kind of along both of those lines, but something that I've heard before rather recently that makes sense to me is your, you know, your reproductive organs are very close and private and personal is the word you used. And it could be, we don't know this for sure, but it could be that God is, you know, getting the point across that even your, the things that are closest and most private to you belongs to me. It's a personal thing. Um, It's not just a surface level relationship, but it is your whole being is mine. It's interesting also that uh, when God created the world and he designed life and he designed a human body and every little detail of it, you know, the DNA and all this different stuff, God had everything in mind and made it just exactly the way he wanted to. He knew he would eventually prescribe circumcision and he made things in a way that would work exactly the way he wanted it to, you know, make it personal and, and so on and make it irreversible. And so he put that, that piece of skin there knowing that he would use this someday for a temporary period of time. This is not forever and ever. That's interesting. But and for so, a temporary... Oh, sorry, I cut you no, off. No, yeah, but I was just going to say, God, in his foreknowledge, knew that this was going to be a sign, and so he could have created us all circumcised, but he chose to make us uncircumcised, knowing that this would be a sign of his covenant with his people. And that's God in his foreknowledge. He knew that this was part of his plan, and so he chose to make us in the way that he saw fit. And the Jewish people looked at others, and that, that's the one thing that they would often point out. Uh, those people are uncircumcised. You know, they're not part of us. They're, that was a way of saying they're not part of God's people. We have nothing to do with them. And it, it all, it's all about whether or not they're circumcised. I'm reminded of First uh, Samuel chapter 17 when, when David was sent by his father to take the supplies to his brothers who were in the army. And he, he arrived at the camp and Goliath came out and issued his challenge. And uh, David's response to that was, who is this uncircumcised Philistine uh, that he should taunt the armies of the living God? He didn't have to say uncircumcised. He could have said, who is this foreigner who is... Who is this guy who's challenging the armies of God? But he throws in that word uncircumcised, which is consistent with the Jewish thinking about how important that was and how those who did not have that done were 
not part of them. Had nothing to do with us. I guess we've talked about circumcision a lot. If I reading over this passage, it's something that's a little bit. It's kind of confusing, maybe, um, and it speaks about something that we're kind of unfamiliar with. But it's very specific to the culture and the time that this was written in, and the people that this was written to. So maybe this is not necessary, but I feel like it is. I might just take a second and kind of explain like the context. So you've got Jews and Gentiles. Jews were God's people. They were circumcised, like we've talked about. That was a mark of being God's people. And then you had Gentiles who were not God's people, Philistines, Africans, anybody uh, who was not part of God's people. They were a Gentile, and they would have been uncircumcised. And so there's a lot of hostility also, those who were circumcised had the law of God, the Ten Commandments, and the rest of the law of God. Um, and that law, that circumcision was part of that law, acted, Ephesians calls it a dividing wall between them. It acted as this, this wall of hostility. Um, it was this barrier between these two groups of people. But what Paul is telling these Ephesian people is now this, those whole, you know, the Jew-Gentile thing ignore that. Ignore that hostility. That wall that used to be there, it's not there anymore. The circumcision, uncircumcision, it's not about that anymore. Because he says whenever Jesus died on the cross, all of that was abolished. All of that ceased to exist. And now it's not about a physical law anymore. It's not about physical circumcision. It's not about these two nations or these two groups of people. But now that Jesus has died on the cross, whenever he died, he established a new institution, which is the church, where Jews, Gentiles, black, white, Asian, Jew, doesn't matter. Anybody could come in, circumcised or uncircumcised, and be unified by the blood of Christ if they follow Christ's um, commands. And you have to remember, a lot of your New Testament is written regarding this issue because if you think from the perspective of a Jew or Gentile, these people you used to hate, used to think as foreigners, used to think as strangers. Now you are supposed to consider them as brothers and sisters in Christ. That's a hard concept. It's not going to happen overnight. There's going to be a lot of issues regarding that, and there was. And so we have to make sure that we remember that. And remember the perspective that they're writing from. And obviously it seems like to me Ephesians seems to be written to a group of Christians that were Gentiles that weren't Jews because it says, therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh. Um, and so we have to remember the audience that also he's writing to. But this is an ongoing issue. It's not the only time this issue is going to come up of circumcision, uh, uncircumcision, Jew, Gentile. Um, it's a constant battle. And so we have to uh, be well-versed in the backdrop to it so that we understand uh, the concepts that are being written here. It's an interesting contrast, a, a marvelous contrast here where uh, he's talking about how they were far off, they were separate, they were aliens. And then you get to the end of this reading, and he says, you're no longer strangers and aliens. Uh, you're part of the body of Christ. You're, you're part of all this that God started doing in the Old Testament times with the Jewish, Jewish nation. Now you're part of it, you're included. You know, and that, that's an amazing thing. We were once nobody. Now look at who we are. We're part of the family of Christ. That, that's a huge turnaround right there. And so, I mean, essentially to me, this passage is, remember where you came from. Like, remember your life as a Gentile. You had no hope. You were without Christ. And now look at where you're at now. 
And so for those who are listening, you know, think about as Christians, if you are a Christian, a member of the body of Christ, like where you came from, uh, what your life looked like before Jesus. And just remember that and keep those things in mind. You know, don't forget where you came from. Um, you're always told as a young child, you know, rem- remember your roots, remember where you came from, remember, you know, your hometown. Um, as Christians, we need to remember where we came from and how desperate and bleak our situation looked before Christ and now how good it looks now that we are a member of the body of Christ. There are people today who are far off. You know, he, he talks about the Gentiles being far away and excluded, and there are people today, and you were kind of mentioning that, but uh, those people today, no matter who you are out there listening to this podcast, if you feel like you're far away from God, uh, this scripture talks to you. You can become part of God's family. And that's open to everybody. At one time, it was not. It wasn't really open to anyone outside of the Israelite nation for the most part. But now God has opened it up to everybody. And like there's only one of two situations you can find yourself in. You're either far away from God or you're brought near by the blood of Jesus. You're in one of two boats. Um, and so you have to figure out, you know, what situation do you find yourself in? And if you are far away, uh, we hope that you reach out. We hope that you study some more to figure out how you can be brought near by the blood of Christ, how you can be part of the body of Christ, how you can turn this situation of bleakness, darkness, stranger, sojourner um, into, you know, you're brought near by the blood of Christ. I think one, one thing that is interesting to me is like, you know, the three of us sitting in this room, we would be the Gentiles. We are, you know, I can't trace my lineage back to a, you know, Jewish descent that I'm aware of. I'm a Gentile. If I was living, you know, in this time that this was written, or you know, in the Old Testament, I was, I wasn't a Jew. Uh, I would have been, I would have been a Gentile. Um, and so it's a cool to think about that we can be here and be Christians and be faithful to God and be ministers and missionaries because of this concept right here uh, that Christ died and it was opened up to our ancestors and then it trickled down uh to us and then something else to remember in this note or in this passage is a lot of times the bible takes old testament concepts that were very physical and concrete and takes them in the new testament they're spiritualized and it's a metaphor um and so in our world today you know in in the um, religious sense there are no Jews and Gentiles, but now what we see throughout the Bible in the New Testament is we have spiritual Gentiles and spiritual Israelites. And what that is, it's not, it has nothing to do with our blood, but it has to do with our standing with God. And spiritual Gentiles would be those that are lost and outside of the family of Christ. Spiritual Israelites, the spiritual Israel is those that are saved, um, and we can be physically a Gentile, but spiritually a Jew, which is a kind of an interesting concept, but that's another, a lot of people talk about, you know, it, we need to be focusing on Israel, and there's a lot of discussion about that, but the Bible is clear that it's not about physical Israel, it's not about your bloodline anymore, it's about your heart, um, and your standing with God, and so that whole physical to spiritual thing is worth noting here in my mind. He mentions uh, preaching peace to those who are far away and those who are near, referring to the Jews and Gentiles there. Uh, There definitely was not peace between the Jews and Gentiles. There was hostility, and especially with the Jewish people, 
uh, looking down on the Gentiles. They're not part of us. And now we have this message of peace, which brings the Jews and Gentiles together in Christ. In the Christian body, they can call each other brother and sister, as one of you mentioned a moment ago. And, uh, and that applies really to any ethnic groups. There are lots of ethnic groups out there throughout the world today who are fighting with each other. They, they don't accept one another. And we're not talking about Jews and Gentiles here. It's just two different groups in Asia or Europe or wherever, and one doesn't accept the other. When we come to Jesus Christ, we come into a situation where we should be at peace with others, and we can accept those others into the body of Christ and set those hostilities aside because now we're in Christ and this is by far the most important thing in our lives and it gives us the power to to overlook those former hostilities. And I would say, and Bill can correct me if I'm wrong because I think he probably, his knowledge of the Old Testament is a little bit more than mine, but most of the Old Testament is a battle of some sort between Jews and Gentiles um, and so it's very... This has been a lifelong thing, and that's what they're used to, is this non-peace or this violence between the two groups, and now they're called to peace because they're all made one. And like I said earlier, that's probably a really hard concept for them to grasp. I mean, the Jews and the Gentiles had been at, at, at odds with each other for their whole lifetime, and so now they're called to be one and to put that violence to the side and for peace to be there. And I'm sure that was not an easy... Uh, thing to understand and to realize. In a lot of, what you said is true, and in a lot of ways God needed to do that. He needed to establish his nation as a righteous nation, as a nation that was separate and apart from the sinful practices of the world. And that's one of the reasons he told the Israelites that when they come to this promised land, the land of Canaan, they need to drive the people out, they need to destroy them, do not associate with them because they worshiped idols and they had a lot of immoral practices that would have been destructive to this Israelite nation. And so God set up that hostility. He set up that separation for a reason. It was to keep his chosen nation where he needed them to be. Part of that was they were to be an example to the rest of the world of what godliness was. And, and so it became necessary for this separation to exist. And I think the Jews took it too far in a lot of ways, uh, but that was just a natural result of what God needed to do in setting up the Israelite nation. But God at the same time knew that the time would come when he would break down that separation, which had become quite strong. Uh, but now it was time to break it down and bring them back together in peace. The last thing I'll mention is, uh, he says, this peace, or we now have this peace, we're no longer strangers and aliens. And then he goes on in in a pretty good detail describing now that we're now that you're not strangers and aliens, here's the relationship that we have together. And he he describes it as a familial relationship. And he says we're in the same household. We're members of the same house. Um, and when I think about you know the members of my house, I'm a I'm a husband and a dad. I'm also a brother and a son. Um, when I think about my my household and the people that are close to me and my family, I mean, we're on the same team, and we strive together for the same things, and we laugh together, and we cry together, and we pray together, and we're, you know, we we do everything together. And now that is the relationship that these Jews and Gentiles need to have, is you are, you're in the same household. Um, and 
then he says this household is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, um, which is interesting because in, in my understanding, that's a way of describing the writings of the Bible. Um, and now that we are, are members of the same house, our foundation, what we stand on is Scripture. Um, and then it says this house is a dwelling place, you know, in, in the house, things dwell in that house. He says this house that, that you are is a dwelling place for God, uh, which is just a fascinating thought that as the church, we are, you know, God is dwelling in our midst, which is just wild. Um, but anyway, that's, I'll stop talking now. Um, I'm going to go back just a second, just to kind of clarify something. So verse 16 says that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. Um, notice when that enmity, that separation was put to death, it was on the cross. That's very consistent with the rest of the scripture. Um, the old covenant was nailed to the cross. So when Jesus died, and he put to death that enmity, that separation, um, for those who are unfamiliar with the events surrounding the death of Jesus, you know the veil of the temple was torn in two. That separation was now gone. Uh, Jew, Gentile, um, between us and God, uh, those things were gone. And so that's very consistent with the rest of Scripture. That happened on the cross, or at the cross. And one final thing I'll add. Uh, the word enmity is not a commonly known word. And so for those who might be listening who aren't familiar with that word, it's closely related to the word enemy. And it just refers to the, the separation, uh, the hostility that existed between the Jews and the Gentiles. And, and still does today. There are, are Jews today who will have nothing to do with, uh, with anyone who's not Jewish. Uh, they carry that, that same mentality even uh, into our modern times. Uh, I experienced that once uh, in the 1980s, I believe. I was in a, a place in the state of New York where there was a heavy Jewish population, and I was in a grocery store, and I was in the checkout line behind this guy. He had a little boy in his shopping cart, about five years old, I'd say. I said hi to them, and they just both turned away, wouldn't even acknowledge that I was there. I was not Jewish. And, and so it still happens today, but when we come to know Jesus and come to understand God's will, then we, we understand this idea of peace and reconciliation and accepting one another. Uh, on the basis that we're, we're human beings who are uh, in the body of Christ together, and, uh, and we can call each other brother and sister. All right. Well, that will end our podcast today. As uh, usual, we like to end with kind of a, an invitation, a word of encouragement to you. Um, we've talked a lot about unity today. We've talked a lot about where you came from today. There were these Jews and Gentiles that had these different backgrounds, but they came together because Christ died for them. Uh, this encourages you uh, to, if you are a Christian, remember where you came from, as Casey mentioned. Remember your past, remember life before you were a Christian and the, the lostness that you felt. Um, and maybe as you, you listen to this, take today and think about where you came from and the hope that you now have. Um, on the other side of that same coin, maybe you're not a Christian, and this convicts you and pricks you and, and it uh, makes you look forward to what you can have. Um, and if that's you, reach out to us uh, because there are some specific steps to take and actions to take to being in this body of Christ that we are talking about. Uh, so you'll hear an email at the end of this and you reach out to us. Um, but whatever 
um, this podcast makes you think about. We pray that it's an encouragement to you and it helps you in your walk. We hope you have a great day and we will see you on the next one. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of the Let's Open the Bible podcast. If you have any questions, want to talk about the next steps in your faith journey, or are interested in receiving our daily Bible verse, which corresponds to the content of this podcast, feel free to reach out to openthebible2022 at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us next week as we continue our study together. Have a great day. Thank you.